hello everyone, welcome to Unbarred the Podcast. We are a project in association with University of Nottingham's Pro Bono Society. We're a student-run initiative running workshops in prisons and providing resources for people reintegrating into society. Today, myself, joined by Daniel LaBeouf, will be talking about tag, hobbies and budgeting. Hi, I'm Lewis and I'll be talking about holidaying on tag, continuing from a previous episode where I talked about tag and probation. Hi, I'm Beth and I'm going to be talking about money management and budgeting. And hi, I'm Daniel and I'm going to be talking about finding new hobbies after you've been to prison. Lewis, would you like to start by talking about holidaying on tag? Yeah, for sure. Uh, travel within the UK is possible for people on tag. Um, it's really easy to do and you just have to notify your probation officer. Um, if you do this well in advance and explain uh, the days you will be away and where you'll be staying. Uh, that sounds like you need to have a very pre-planned holiday, but also quite a good relationship with your probation officer. Would you recommend spending some time getting to trust your probation officer and preparing for your holiday before rushing in, just so that you're trusted by your probation officer and that everything sort of goes a lot more smoothly? Uh, exactly, you can even plan it with them. If you have a, a brief idea, maybe you want to travel uh, to a specific city uh, or to visit family, for example, if you go to, to him with that first, um, he can then uh, help you, you know, find on the calendar when's the best time to go, talk to you about the responsibilities whilst off tag, and you know, this, this will add to his final say about whether you can or cannot go. This is best to you know, do it well in advance of whenever it is you're going. And it may be the case, uh, for you to remember, that the tag will stay on. Uh, that's not something they'll always take off. And whilst it still might not be enforced in that time, your curfew, they still monitor where you are. Uh, there should be no penalty for breaching the curfew. So uh, they'll keep the tag on you to still see where you are, basically. Uh, and then the tag curfew will start again at the conclusion of your travels. So it sounds like although you are given a little bit more freedom, you've still got to remain sort of sensible. And... Yeah, and you, you have to remember this information. And uh, you know, if you reoffend like, whilst you're away, whilst you're holidaying, uh, it will still affect you. And it's, it's a it's a luxury, you know, and it's also a responsibility for you to have as well. There seems to be a, a risk and reward there of going on holiday. So you get to enjoy yourself, but also you've got to be conscious of... Yeah, well, they'll, they'll, they'll think about this as well when they, when they offer it to you. Things like how well you've complied with your curfew beforehand, and then they'll also look at your risk of flight. Will you come back to fulfil the rest of your, uh, your probation? Um, they'll talk to us about this beforehand, and also this is what they'll assess before they, they say yes or no to it. And uh, is there a possibility that you, if one of your crimes is to do with um, alcohol abuse or something like that, may you be prevented from drinking alcohol while on probation? Yeah, well, so this, this is all things that might be in terms of your release, or um, the court might say this is part of the, the rehabilitation. Uh, other crimes can also affect uh, how you holiday. If your crime is to do like a sex offence and you're a, uh, on the sex offenders register, you will have to also let the police know separately uh, that you'll not be staying at your fixed address um, and then they might send uh, send or direct you to a, a different police station near where you'll be staying for you to make contact with them as well. And is it at all possible to go abroad if you're on the sex offenders list? Uh, it's much harder but it is possible. It's done case by case basis and again you'll have to talk to your probation officer and do this in writing, make it all quite formal. Maybe you speak to them beforehand about it but it will have to be given in writing. Uh, again with itinerary um, and it's usually given in exceptional circumstances such as for a funeral or to visit a dying relative. Things that can affect this as well though are if the country you're visiting uh, is linked or connected to your previous offence such as uh, human trafficking or drugs offences uh, they might strike that down. If you're not successful there it's entirely possible for you to reapply 
um, if they give you some feedback, say, when they go here, for example, or uh, at this time, no, then you can take that away, rewrite it, you know, put it back into writing again, approach them again. If you keep finding that they keep saying no, there is uh, the path of judicial review, and this is where a court will hear your, will hear your argument, uh, and they might have overall say whether or not you can go abroad. Um, and depending on the country as well, they might not even admit you. Um, so for America, for example, uh, and Canada, it's much harder to, especially if you're still serving a sentence. Afterwards, though, after you, your sentence is spent, places like Europe are quite easy to travel to. If you have a, um, a visa to travel in the Schengen area, for example, uh, you, can, you can travel the whole of the Schengen area in Europe without, um, without any further bureaucracy. And also a thing to consider is um, if you're uh, planning to go on a holiday which doesn't need to be in a very specific time frame, if you're not going away for a funeral or a wedding or something like that, it may be good to wait a bit of time. Mm. If you've been denied the first time, go go work, go um, settle into your probation period so, yeah, exactly. that, so that your probation officer trusts you a little bit more and so you've earned that right to yeah, go abroad. If you could prove to them that you, you go to job, uh, go to a job, for example, and as I explained last episode uh, when I talked about this, um, they'll make exceptions to a curfew to allow you to work. If you can explain to them that you can work in you know, six, eight months, for example, and not once breached uh, the curfew there or haven't uh, you know, taken liberties in saying you're going to work and not actually going to work, and if you could prove that you could be trusted with this as well, and you haven't had any um, any instance of uh, breaking curfew or tampering with advice, for example, or any other altercations, uh, not no more reoffending. Much more likely than to say yes to this. So, would you recommend as well? Is it better to holiday within the UK? Is that the simpler option? Yeah, um, and not only for the bureaucracy um, and the logistics, also the expenses. Um, you know, you might be working limited hours because of your tag, for example. So you might not be bringing as much money in. Um, and it's much cheaper you know, to maybe travel, travel around your city for example, spend maybe like a day off, travel uh, you know, north of the UK, to the south, it is much cheaper to do that, that way. Yeah. And also if you've not been able to travel for several years going around um, and discovering new areas of Britain that you've not seen in a while or you've never seen before, should be a really good experience that would absolutely rival going abroad. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I mean, it's it's also much simpler in the sense that you might not have a passport, for example, when you leave prison, uh, and you might not be able to get one um, since. And that's extra cost as well, getting a new passport. Yeah, yeah. and especially when when, when visiting, um, if you have to visit embassies as well to, to get your visas and stuff, that might break, um, make you uh, break curfew if you're traveling to London, for example. Um, so that's something you want to explain. You can get, you can actually explain for you know specific days. I need to you know break curfew by maybe two hours to to go here or whatever. And that will be fed back to the mon- uh, monitoring team that will monitor your tag and they'll take more you know, the last two hours, for example. Uh, I think, Beth, you were going to talk about money management right here as well. So. Yeah, yeah, great. I can, we can go on to that now. So um, thanks for that, Lewis. So, yeah, for money management, I mean, firstly, I just wanted to say a bit of a disclaimer. I'm no financial advisor. I'm not an expert on this topic. But these are just sort of some tips that we thought might help. So the first one was to kind of, if you can work out your weekly budget, so if you can if you can look at how much money you've got coming in and then subtract the money that has to go out each week or month on bills and then, um, and like on obligatory expenditures and then the money you've got left, you've then got a much better idea of how much you can afford to spend each week and then you can work out, yeah, like where are the best places to spend this. There are websites like the Citizens Advice Bureau and moneyhelper.co.uk which also have like budget planners on them. 
Um, so if you're struggling a bit with the maths there, they could be really helpful. But yeah, just because then you know what you're working with. Some people also like to track exactly what they're spending, so write down where all their money goes, because otherwise I know you can just sort of check your bank account and it's like, whoa, I, th I thought there was going to be more in there than that. So it, it can just sort of disappear. I think today it's also good to, to recognise that if you um, look at online banking uh, as well, then every payment that you make on card, especially if you make it on card, which is the way a lot of people pay, then you can see where all of your money is going in and out on your account, and therefore you can sometimes see, oh, well, that's where I spent my money this week, uh, that's where I maybe need to cut down, here is where I'm not spending enough money, um, here's where I'm spending too much, so that that is all there recorded. Exactly, and there's all the tallying up for you as well, so you can look at um, how much you spent the last month and the last week, for example, um, and you know, on some apps it might tell you uh, what you spent it on, for example, luxuries or travel, um, and then you can work out what is a necessary spend, you know, maybe travel, for example, um, and what is for you, you know, like a luxury, for example, so if you're getting food in the evening or going out for drinks, um, and your apps uh, help you with that now as well. For sure, I feel like that's something you can look into when you're choosing a bank account as well, because I know, for example, Nationwide doesn't have so many of those features, but something like Monzo gives you a whole little pie chart of where all your money's going, and you get a notification on your phone every time you spend money as well. So that might be a factor to consider when you're choosing where to open your bank account, is sort of how much information they provide for that. Also, if you are having any difficulties opening a bank account, it's on a slightly separate note, but it's worth contacting Impact, because I know obviously when you open a bank account they ask for things like a proof of address and sometimes they'll ask for a utility bill, that sort of thing, which can be a bit difficult to provide if you've just come out of prison. But if you contact Impact, they have people that can help you out with that. So I think that's worth knowing about. Other than that, I mean our tips were mainly just about cutting costs where you can. So for example, looking for the cheapest type of transport, like you know, if you can walk Obviously, that's the cheapest way, but it might be worth like saving up for a little bit and investing in a bike, especially if you get a second-hand one. There's, there's websites like eBay or Gumtree where you could look for second-hand ones and, and get them for pretty cheap. And then, obviously, once you've done that first payment, it's then free from then on. There's also, rather than taxis, there's, there's Uber and Bolt and kind of apps like that where you can order it, a taxi effectively but through them it's often a lot cheaper and you can get discount codes quite often with them as well. And also if you get into a, a community of people who you know trying to lift you mm, for sure. and uh, travel with other people cuts the cost a huge amount especially trying to use bus routes rather than taxis will really reduce your costs. Yeah definitely obviously buses are a traditional one as well that can definitely help. I mean if you live in a big city there's also um, those electric scooters that you might have seen dotted around which is it's sort of a trial and error thing to work out what the, the best deal is. I mean, I used to use the scooters a lot and then the prices have gone up a lot recently. I don't know if you guys have noticed. So it, sometimes it's sort of trial and error to find out which is the best value option, but it's worth looking into those sort of things because sometimes they can be pretty cheap. But that's definitely one way you can like cut costs as much as you can. I mean, when you're looking for jobs as well, if you can try find one. I know sometimes it's easier said than done, but if you can try find one that's near to where you live, then you're not having to worry about that expenditure. The sun bonuses to working as well, like there's a cycle to work scheme uh, via the government uh, where they will uh, help you to buy a bike for example and then you pay like a monthly fee on the bike until the cost fits up. Mm -hmm. so I actually did this recently with my bike and it came to about £180 and I pay, you know, I pay them 12 instalments over the next year and it's my bike and that, that saves money uh, that I would be spending for example taking the tram every day to work um, and it's much more healthier as well and then I can use it um, 
you know, out and about as well. I'm like, I'm back to uni, I can cycle back to uni as well. Um, and that'll save you time and money. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's a really good tip. I mean, it is really one of those things where it's like every little helps. I know it's Tesco's <laughs> little slogan, but um, like the little things really do add up. I do all of my food shopping at Aldi. My housemates mostly do it a little, but like those sort of things make a massive difference as well. Like supermarkets, it's just because it's just a few pennies, but it's on every single item you're buying. Yeah, it really makes a difference. Since <laughs> I started university, I've sort of realized, oh, God, this is what my mum goes for every week. <laughs> Especially picking the items in supermarkets that aren't sort of the best brands you go for there. Mm. the company owned stuff that, yeah you know it's then much cheaper especially Definitely. aldi and little they're the, they're the places to go to cut down mm. on food costs and they'll also they'll always say on the like price in the supermarket it'll also put the price per kilogram or per 100 grams so then you can use that to really easily compare which is the best value because it might be there actually if you buy it in bulk yeah i mean buying in bulk always helps as well especially if you're looking at travel costs going to and from the supermarket as well and mm. um, buying in bulk is often quite cheaper as well and like the same sort of thing applies with like clothing as well. You know, charity shops can be a, a great option there. They've often got some sort of little hidden gems. And especially if you're something like a suit for work, you can. There's loads in charity shops often, and they can be literally like a pound. Um, they can be dirt cheap, so that's definitely worth looking at too. Um, so it's just so sort of like being a little bit savvy, just like cutting cutting costs wherever you can. We were also talking about if you can find flat shares or if you need to move back in with family and friends for a little bit obviously housing is a huge cost so if you can reduce your, your costs there that would be a massive help because then you're not just sharing the rent you're sharing like bills as well you shop together as well if you're mm. cooking for multiple people then that, those costs decrease you've got people to help you with your money management and also if you if you try and look online or in the papers for for flat shares, then you can meet new people as well. Yeah, it's always I was useful say. for settling into a community and getting mm -hmm. into that mindset mm -hmm. of going out west and settling in and knowing how much you're going to spend each week. Having uh, people around you with a similar mindset and similar aims will really help. Because mm -hmm. living on your own, it's quite easy to go, especially if, if you're out of work at that point in time, it's quite easy to go out work without talking to anyone. So it's actually quite nice just to have people that you will bump into in the kitchen and stuff. So it's yeah. nice for the, the uh, social side as well. One thing I do remember, Beth, um, is on the topic of suits, I think uh, it's M&S now that offer a 24 hour uh, free suit hire on people attending interviews. Oh, that's really good. Um, so if, if you only need the, the suit, for example, for the, for the interview, you, you apply and they'll give you the suit and they, you know, it's, it's to your size and stuff and then you return after the interview as well. So it's looking for those sort of schemes and those, um, those options and, and looking for, uh, for ways to cut costs there as well. Because if you're not going to need the suit afterwards, for example, and you end up going to the next and buying a £120 suit, that used for, for you know hopefully one interview that you go to and land the job and then you never touch it again <laughs> um you know it's, it's kind of wasted there but if, if you especially if you look online um suit hire or free suit hire and you know if you don't find yourself falling to that scheme but you see you know, another scheme it, it's always good for looking for you know hire rather than buy as well mm -hmm. uh, which has its own benefits as opposed to um, buying rather than hiring so it just comes down to, to need for example like you know if, uh, you talk about hiring on those scooters or on those e-bikes that has its own benefits to buying a bike, for example, which you need to store and keep. Mm. Um, so it's always good to not only look at the price, but also look at the practicality uh, when you're buying stuff as well, hiring stuff. I think long-term budgeting as well as sort of in the short term will help with that to know why in the long cost is it cheaper to buy. 
this compared to it. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you know you're going to be using it a lot, then it might be worth investing. But if it's just going to be a couple of times, then then renting, um, you know, be it a bike or a suit, right, <laughs> sounds yeah. I mean, a good way to go. Online, like when I sort of got my bike, I realised in the end, this will save money if I'm buying, if I'm paying for a, a tram to work, you know, or I have to get the bus back from work. I was telling up the costs, you know, there and back. I, I, I'll, I'll be here for a few years and after a year most of my bikes paid off already so yeah. mm. I, I also wanted to mention about um, looking at comparison websites can be really useful so there's things like which which seems to cover pretty much everything under the sun or if it, if you're looking at bills and insurance there's, there's websites like money supermarket but it's definitely just like shopping around as much as possible trying to find what all of the options are so that you can find the best value one. So yeah, those websites can really help make that process a bit quicker for some and of those bigger costs. we've talked a lot about sort of comparing online and sort of searching things up online. If you can't afford to, to, to have a laptop or a phone, you can have free access to those in public libraries, places like that, so that you have other options in order to access the internet. Apply for jobs or, or search different calculators, whatever mm-hmm. you, you, you require. So that there are options out there to help you out. Yeah, especially if you're looking at re-entering education, for example, there are schemes with that that provide you a laptop. Uh, so I know our university does that, and same with sick forms as well. Uh, if you're looking at doing any of those, and sometimes jobs might give you a job laptop or a job phone, uh, which might be a necessity because of the job. Uh, then you have a you know a phone to communicate with work and a laptop as well. So it's things to look out for like that. Yeah, I, I think those are really good tips, especially about the library, because it's so easy to just be like, oh yeah, just Google it or just look online, but you know, not everyone's going to have access to that. And so knowing that you don't have to just go and spend 300 quid on a laptop just to keep up with the rest of the world, there are other options out there. Um, it's, it's really worth knowing about. And then a, a, again, if you're, you might need to go to your computer in the library to do this as well, but if your bills are up for renewal, it's always worth shopping around for them as well because people can fall into the trap of just letting it automatically renew and often you can get ripped off that way and often there's a much better offer out there so that's the sort of thing that's worth always kind of keeping an eye on so it's worth if you can make a note somewhere of when each of them is going to be up for renewal then you can check that and make sure that you're not just throwing money away on that okay so um dan do you want to tell us a little bit about hobbies yeah of course so obviously when you come out of prison, you're going to want to re-engage with society in some way. And um, really, it, it's very much up, up, up to you how you want to do that. Obviously, you're sort of re-beginning your, your life, whether you've been out for six months, a year, um, or, or upwards of 20 years. And so some of that, some ways to find that might be through old people you used to, you used to know, whether that be family or friends that you've... Um, it will be taking part in different societies or sports teams that you may want to join. It's very much whatever you want to do, you can you, you can go and find. And I think the best way to find that is is very much on. I mean, Facebook groups are great for, it, especially within your local community, wherever you're living. Look for a football team in your area, or a cricket team, or a rugby team, somewhere that you can go and and meet new people. Because if they play one sport, they might play several others and therefore you make new friends, you enter into a new community and a community which is is doing something more positive on, on a weekend that you know you can join in and uh, have fun as well, meeting new people um, and it will be great for your confidence and sort of your sort of social life. So social media is sort of key to finding that. Obviously there might be posters up around your, your, your town that you can look for but I think if you if you start searching up what's going on in my town or my city that I can join, 
and um, obviously cost is going to be a, a thing in each of these there might be paid memberships but if you enjoy running you can go out and join parkrun for free or you can just uh, run around your town but I think places like parkrun or running groups are really good for meeting new people and it's keeping yourself busy while you're trying to find a job, while you're doing um, whatever you want to sort of try and achieve after you've been to prison, joining these kinds of social clubs will allow you to um, spend your time in, uh, and do something that you enjoy. I so, think it's, um, it's really nice as well because it sort of snowballs once you join one thing and you meet some people through that and someone might mention something else that they do and you, and you think, oh, I'd quite like to try that actually and you go along and try that with them and it, it can sort of, once you start doing a couple things, it snowballs. And it's not entirely... Um just socialize but if you look at some hobbies or some courses uh, they could be quite um, professionally developing as well mm. maybe for example interested in languages uh, and there are apps out there like meetup where you can meet uh, learners of the same language for free mm. uh, and they'll usually meet in places like parks or cafes uh, or pubs um, and developing a skill or a hobby like that could also be brought onto the CV as well. Saying that you take part in team sports as well, that you, you know you might play rugby, or you might play football at the mm -hmm. weekend. Whilst this you know might be great for your mental health and make you feel more confident, it also um, translates straight onto the CV. Um, and things such as languages, if you take an IT course, maybe just come out of prison, uh, you're not familiar with the, the technologies. If you do take like a course or something, that's something you can then transfer onto the CV. And if they question, you know. You, you've been inside for, for 20 years, for example. Will you be able to you know, engage with the technologies that we give you? You go, oh, I can, of course, I've, I've done this course. Um, and, and you will have that setback of being in prison for those years. But if you do find hobbies or courses that you can do, it might just bolster your CV a little bit more as well. Volunteering is the same. It's yeah, obviously yeah. a free way to meet people and, and do something. And it's great for your CV as well. You get to go out there and do something and feel like you're, you're doing something positive and also you get to meet a lot of different new people and it'll be good for people when you go into a job interview and say, oh, I've been volunteering. Although I don't have all this, I don't have this work experience, this is what I'm doing in my spare time to, to help out. And you very much won't be, it would be very unlikely for you to be the only person in your position. And um, there will be um, groups out there to help people who've been to prison enter into new communities, but also you've got a chance to start your own community, help people out who are also struggling to find new groups. And then again, that links in with the volunteering, it's helping people out, it's something to put on your CV if you're starting new communities that, that are going to try and assist people to rehabilitate into society after they've been to prison. But overall, there's a, there's a range of sort of different societies and groups that you may want to join. You've got an opportunity, because a lot of these groups will have a a free taste session the first time you get along. So if you've never played a certain sport before, a lot of them are very casual, and so you can go along, try it out, and find a new thing that you want to do, find a new passion. I think maybe a final thought to, to sort of end the podcast is, um, it sort of links all three, you want to sort of start preparing now, whatever position you're in, start preparing, right, oh, what different societies could I join, what clubs could I join? So I'm thinking, right, if I was going to go on a holiday, where would I like to go, what itinerary could I do, who do I need to speak to to make this work? and start thinking, right, how much am I going to spend this week? If I am going to start joining a society, how much will that cost me? Or if I'm going to go on holiday, how much do I have to work in order to do that? So I think prepare now to start trying and get back into society, get back doing things that you love, and anything's sort of possible if you um, put in the time, put in the effort, and really sort of prepare for it. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed. You can find our website and links in our bio for further resources. Follow us on Instagram at The Unvowed Project and make sure to visit our Facebook. 
Once again, thank you for listening.